So, if you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me to Second uh, Timothy. So, uh, we're continuing with our series on uh, the Second Timothy. It's going to be a very short uh, series. We are now uh, on chapter two, and I'm just going to uh, give a quick recap. So, we are going. We are. We have a big theme in our in our series saying fighting the good fight fighting the good fight and we are saying you know christian life is a warfare would you agree it's a warfare in every aspect in every facet and that's what we are seeing especially in chapter one paul challenges timothy to not give up in spite of you know aside from the intense persecution that he is experiencing there's actually also uh, an alarming spread of false teaching. There's an alarming spread of fake news uh, during the time of Timothy. So it makes, it makes uh, Timothy's ministry even more difficult when you're facing with false teaching left and right. And it would cause probably Timothy to not just quit, hindi lang siya magigive up, kundi masway siya ng false teaching or, you know, he will abandon his faith altogether. So, Paul is writing to this young, to this male pastor addressing this concern, uh, hoping that yung letter ni Paul will encourage him to go on to fight the good fight. But you might be thinking, Pastor, I'm not young. <laughs> I feel young, but I'm not young. I'm not male. Maybe half of, half of us here are not male. And, you know, you're not a pastor. So you might be saying, Pastor, that may be a message for you because you are young. Yes, I'm still young. I'm turning 24. Uh, October. Hindi pala, 25 pala, 25. False teaching, you know. You know, there's something similar that uh, Timothy is experiencing that we might be experiencing as well here. Yes, you may not be young, you're not, you're not male, you're not a pastor, but this message is for you as well. This message is for you whether you're a student, you're a homemaker, you're, you're, you're in a seminary, you're a teacher, you're a businessman, this message is for you because one similar thing that we share with Timothy's situation is the resurgence of fake news everywhere. Diba? It's everywhere. I mean, and you're seeing fake news everywhere, especially it's, uh, it's the uh, election season, right? You will, you will see uh, a politician, one of, the dir- one of the dirty tactics would be, you know, to spread lies about their opponent, right? You will you'll spread news about this particular politician saying na ginawa nila to, hindi nila ginawa to. Sometimes they will edit a photo to show, you know, that politician is, you know, not not doing something right, yung mga ganun. But the Christian church is not exempted from, you know, falsehood, fake news. And from the time of the early church until today, it's happening. From the time of the early church, the time of Paul, Timothy, and the rest of the 
uh, the leaders at that time, and even up until today, we are fighting against falsehood. So we are not just only fighting for you know, the urge to give up. There are external things happening that we need to fight against, and that is falsehood, false teaching, and fake news. So today, we will look into the second part of Second um, Timothy, so chapter 2. And we will see, we will look into chapter 2, verses 14 to 26. 14 to 26. So open your Bibles there. 14 to 26. Hindi natin babasahin na. I can give that to you as an assignment. Yung, yung first part of chapter 2. And see uh, how Paul encourages Timothy and us as well as we fight against falsehood. As we fight against falsehood. So with this passage, I want to just share two major things, okay? Two major things. To name big thing. I'm going to share with you ano yung mga dangers of falsehood around us, the sources and the effects of falsehood, fake news, false teaching, and the assurances that we have so that we can fight against uh, false teaching around us. We can hold on to godly disciplines and we can also be assured by God himself. All right, so those two things, the danger of falsehood, its sources and its effects, and the assurances that we have from our godly discipline and from God himself. So are you ready? So how about, you know, let's just pause and, and ask the Lord's uh, help as we go through this passage. Lord, we, we thank you that we can find assurance in your, uh, in your word. We can find rebuke, we can find correction, we can find guidance. But, but most importantly, Lord God, we can find you in the scripture. And that's our prayer, Lord God, that as we study Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, it's not just be, it will not just be a lesson for us to, to chew in our minds, but something that will pierce our hearts. Lord, it's difficult to to face uh, persecutions, but even more so when we are confused with false teachings around us and within us. So help us reveal the truth through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's go with the dangers of falsehood. Dangers of falsehood. Paul gives this warning to Timothy that there will be a time in chapter 4, he said, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. So, yun yung pinag-aralan natin last Sunday that, you know, Timothy, you need to stay the course, you need to follow uh, sound teaching. But there will come a time that people will not follow that. People will not pursue that. But they will have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passion. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. My question for you, do you see this happening now? Absolutely. It's been happening sa time ni Timothy. It's been happening throughout history and it's happening even right now. And, you know, the, one of the dangers in technology is that we just consume the things that we want. Right? That we... We want to consume the things that we want, uh, teachings that we want, teachings that will, 
you know, uh, sabi dito ni, ni Paul, that will suit your own passion. This is, what ha- this is what's happening. And, you know, I'll, I'll mention three sources of falsehood uh, coming from this kind of culture. One is the, you know, there are people who will spread ideas that are directly opposed to the truth. There are people who are directly opposed to the truth. So they will spread ideas, teachings that are not exactly, um, not exactly the truth. I will explain that picture in a bit. So they will make you, uh, make you doubt about certain things that you know to be true. You know, people will say, oh, climate change is not real. People will say, why do you believe that the earth is round? We don't have evidence for that. Um, there are flat earthers. <laughs> no, people will doubt uh, what is verifiably true. And again, the church is not uh, exempted to that. There was a time, I don't know if you remember that or you experienced that. There are groups of people who said, who, who, call, who quoted this passage in the scripture that says, call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. And that group is called the secret name of Jesus. And they say that you need to know the secret name of Jesus. It's not Jesus, it's not Messiah, it's not Christ. And if you know that name, you will be saved. So you need to find out that name. Only those who know that name will be saved. So these are things that's, you know, that's directly opposing the truth. And there are people who insist of certain rituals in the Old Testament that we need to pursue now because when we don't pursue them now, you're not essentially a follower of Jesus. You're not essentially a Christian. So there are people who directly oppose the truth. Malaki ang scope nun, but there are you know, there's a danger also in believing half the truth. So, merong op- directly opposing the truth, merong half truth. And that's what we see in, uh, in, uh, again in our chapter, in chapter 2. Paul says, their talk will spread like gangrene among them. Merong binanggit na tao, si Himaneus and Philetus, who swerved from the truth. They strayed away. They did not stay the course saying that the resurrection has already happened and they are upsetting the faith of some. How many of you would want your name, your history to be part of the Bible? For example, you're, you're there. Would you want to be, you know, your, your life story will be part of the Bible? Yes? You know, you're part of the disciples and stuff like that. Si Himaneus and Philetus, yung name nila nasa Bible. But not in a good way. Forever etch yung, yung story nila, yung life nila as people who are spreading fake news. Ano yung fake news na sinespread nila? Ang fake, fake news na sinespread nila is sinasabi nila, tapos na ang resurrection. The resurrection already happened. The resurrection life already happened. And that may sound, you know, kasi it's a half a truth but it's distorting the truth, people will, 
will say, well, if the resurrection happened, what else am I going to do now? Ito na ba yun? Is this what life is all about? Ito na yun? So that's why I put this caricature there. Na, you know, believing half-truth is like, it's like an image of a caricature. It's based on a real person or a real image and you're overemphasizing something else. You're emphasizing the nose, maybe the, the ears, the forehead. So it's not the real thing, but it's a caricature of the image. And so many people, so many teachings around us are actually half-truth. It's, it's emphasizing, you know, essentially not the truth, but it's embellishing, it's distorting the truth. But that there's an even more dangerous kind of falsehood, and that is subjective truth. Subjective truth. That there is no absolute truth, you know, just uh, a truth that is based on my perspective, and experience, so people will say, Pastor, that may be true to you, but not for me. So, I, I see this many times in, on social media, itong picture na to. So, someone says, ah, yung, yung number na yan, that's six. Na, nakita nyo na to, maybe on your Facebook, social media, di pa, first time yan, okay, so good. I'll explain it to you. So, sabi ng isang guy, Oh, that picture is number six. The other guy says, that picture is number nine. Sino sa kanila ang tama? Sino? Letter G. Letter G. <laughs> oh, meron third perspective, di ba? Letter G yan. So sabi nung, sabi nung statement, just because you are right does not mean I'm wrong. You just haven't seen life from my side. Ang ganda. Very beautiful. You know, the problem with this kind of thinking, we need to remember that someone wrote that number or letter to intend specifically what it means. When the, that person, when the person who wrote that, he intended it to be either 6 or 9 or G. So the point is to discover who wrote that and what he meant when he wrote this. Who defines the truth is not your experience. So someone in this person, someone sa kanila is correct. Ang tawag dito, postmodern thinking. Ang tawag dito, subjective thinking. And, you know, I don't want to bore you with, with these things, but I want you to realize you know, the danger uh, in disregarding the one who wrote that number and defining it based on our perspective because, you know, you will, you will not realize it that the narrative we see in most movies, uh, TVs, in books, even in Disney animated movies are based on this thinking. It is based on this thinking. Ang, ang, ang message ng the, the things that we see uh, in, in media right now is that the only true freedom is finding your identity in self-discovery. If you don't believe me, watch Frozen again. Sabi ni Elsa, 
let it go, let it go, I can't hold it back anymore, that you will only experience true freedom, the only person who will ident uh, give you your true identity is yourself. You know, I'm, I'm saying this because, you know, when you see messages like that in the movie, it will click in your mind, ah, ito yung sinasabi nung, nung movie na yon. Ito yung sinasabi niya. So we need to, to address that. So we see this all around. People who object, uh, who oppose the truth directly, people who believe in half-truth, and people who live in subjective truth. And this is dangerous because it has its effect. And Paul reminds us in, uh, in the succeeding verses of you know, how it affects others. How does it affect others? You know, four things. Ang description ni Paul kay Timothy, you know, remind them of these things. Uh, do not quarrel about words. It does not do any good, but it only ruins the hearers. In, in its Greek uh, language, it means catastrophe. It is catastrophic. It leads people into more and more ungodliness. It spreads like gangrene. Again, there's another medical term that we, again, we, we, we describe from first chapter. What's a gangrene? I don't want to show a picture kasi baka, <laughs> baka wala, mawalan kayo ng ganang kumain mamaya. Eh. What's a gangrene? Right, it's a, it's a dead tissue or, or a muscle and it's eating up the cells, the tissue. And it spreads. It's contagious. And yung fourth description ni, ni Paul about you know these false teachings is it upsets the faith of some people. It upsets the faith of some people. Para ang 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 lambot eh when you say na upset yung faith ko sa mga false teaching, you know what it really meant? It shipwrecks their faith. It shipwrecks their faith. That's what Himaneus did uh, if you look into 1 Timothy. You know, false teaching, we see them all around. We think it's not harmless, but on the contrary, it's damaging. You know, the damaging effect of false teaching is exponential. You know, that's why, you know, we have this Apostles' Creed. How many of us know the Apostles' Creed by heart? Meron ba? There you go, all right. You know, the, the Apostles' Creed was formed to help people understand and frame what they believe in because there are a lot of people coming into the faith and there are people who need to understand what we believe in. So earlier we had a... Um, membership class um, and we didn't talk about this because this will be part of uh, the second class next Sunday yung Apostles Creed is a way for people to say this is what we believe in if you become part of our church if you can become part of this community you need to stand with us in this beliefs you you need to say I believe in God the Father I believe in God the Son I believe in the Holy Spirit they are three in one And a few centuries later, so we have these frameworks 
in our church history, a few centuries later, there was a teaching, there was an ongoing teaching that talks about salvation. And this teaching says, you know, about salvation and the grace of God that, uh, that it is up to the person to choose whether, whether he will receive or reject the salvation of God. You know, there was a prevalent uh, message and teaching in the 16th century that says, you know, you are free to choose to receive or reject the salvation of God. You know, essentially, those kinds of teaching for me is talking about a low view of God. It's a, it's a, it's a low view of the sovereign power of God. And so in that, in that uh, uh, conversation, in that uh, deliberation of that teaching, dun lumabas yung ating doctrines of grace. So maybe in October we'll do that uh, again. Uh, we, we'll talk about uh, the doctrines of grace. And we have these, uh, these catechisms, these creeds to help us frame what we believe in because you know, it's easy for us to be swayed by false teaching and it's very dangerous. It's catastrophic. It leads people into more and more ungodliness. It's contagious. It, it will shipwreck your faith. And in the midst of these dangers, sabi ni Paul kay Timothy, remind them of these things. Remind them of these things. You know, if you look at the you know, previous verses of chapter 2, when Paul says to Timothy, remind them of these things, he is saying, remind them of the gospel. Rem remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the son of David. Remind them of who Jesus is and, and charge them before God. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth. Now, it's very important if false teaching and the enemy is uh, working 24-7 to spread uh, these lies, we need to connect ourselves in the correct handling of the word. So how can we be assured that we are not drifting away from the truth? How can we be assured that we are staying the course in our faith. And that's thankfully how Paul leads us. He is giving us some uh, handles, some assurances against falsehood. So let's talk first about the godly disciplines that we can do. Some godly disciplines uh, that we can do against uh, falsehood. Verse 22 says, So flee youthful passions or flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant, Dulos, must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents 
with gentleness. So three things that I want for us to see here, ano yung mga godly disciplines that we see here? One is being wise in our conversation. Okay? Be wise in your conversation. Two, be firm in your correction. Be firm in your correction. And three, be planted in a community. Okay, three things. Be wise in your conversation. Be firm in your corrections. And be, fl- be firmly planted in a community. I'll go unpack these things one by one. Being wise in conversation. You know, it means knowing which conversations are really helpful or not. There are conversations, brothers, brothers and sisters, that are helpful, and there are conversations that are really not. In fact, you know, I was, I was, um, I was thinking about this, and I was asking Julie uh, about these things, and she asked me, "Ano ba yung mga conversations that are helpful and are not?" Ang sagot ko hindi ko alam, <laughs> hindi ko alam, kasi. You know, I think if you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give you the discernment and you know when a conversation is really not helpful, right? You know when the conversation is, will, really contr- uh, will really help your soul. So let's need to be, you know, let's, let's be selective in our conversation. There are conversations that we need to pursue. There are conversations that we need to stop. And there are conversations that, you know, that will be very, very helpful in, in our soul, in our Christian walk. But also, being wise in our conversation does not mean secluding yourself from people who do not share your belief. It does not mean you only talk to Christians. It does not mean you only talk to people in Breadcom QC. It does not mean huh, I, I'm reserving my conversations with people who share my beliefs. No. In fact, I, 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 I think it will be helpful for your soul and for your Christian walk when you engage people who don't share your belief. Ask them questions. Ask them why don't, they don't believe in certain things. You know, we should not be defensive when people ask questions about our faith. We should not be afraid even sometimes to, to say, I don't know. We should not be afraid. I have a friend who grew up in the church. I used to be with him sa, sa music ministry, not here. <laughs> Para hindi niya isip kung, kung sino yun. And so he grew up in a, in a supposedly Christian home. Yung, yung mom niya, uh, Christian, naging part siya ng music ministry. But recently I spoke with him and he said, no, I'm, I'm an agnostic now. I'm an agnostic. I don't, I don't believe those, the things I believed before. So I visited him sa, sa bahay niya. May, he has a wife and a child now. 
and he cannot believe about hindi hindi niya pinaniniwala ni cannot completely agree uh, with that we are we are sinful that we are essentially you know at the very root dead in our sin kasi sinasabi niya bakit ako mag-agree diyan eh pwede naman ako maging mabait hindi naman ako nagnanakaw hindi naman ako masamang tao bakit hindi ko pwedeng i-save yung sarili ko you know i just I, I just tried to listen to him and at many times marami siyang mga mga questions that I was unable to answer and I can't remember them anymore but we were talking about this particular thing about you know the goodness of a man like the goodness of a person so I just told him in that particular uh, conversation said brother I, I really hope that is the case I really hope that people are good enough I really hope that you know, we don't see these things happening in, in the world. I want to believe what you're saying. Sabi ko sa kanya, I want to believe what you're saying that people are essentially good. And his daughter is there and I said, but if you really believe that, would you leave your daughter to a complete stranger and not doubt? that they will do something good all the time to your daughter? Will you completely trust a complete stranger with your daughter? Why do you put locks on your door if you think people are essentially good? And he just said, Kaya gusto kitang kausap eh. Kaya gusto kitang kausap, gusto ko to. So he's still an agnostic now. <laughs> still an agnostic, but I'm not giving up on him. I'm still praying for him. But I want to open myself in conversations like that because it's not only helpful for him, it's helpful for me. Because it makes me realize, you know, if what I believe in is true, then it can stand the question of faith like that. If what I believe is true, then, then I can stand firm on it then I can put my money where my mouth is. So let's be wise in our conversations. Let's open ourselves to, to people who do not share our belief, knowing that it can enrich you know, our, our walk. But also, we need to be firm in our correction. And there will be times that you need to be corrected, that we need to, to be rebuked, but when, when we do it, we do it with gentleness. We do it with gentleness. That is why, you know, there really is a need. If we want to correct someone, there's a need to know what the Bible teaches very clearly. You know, I like, you know, these uh, Proverbs. Sabi sa Proverbs 13.20, Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. But when you reprove a wise man, sabi sa Proverbs 9, 8, he will love you. He will love you. Now, there's, a, there's a, an old saying that when you correct someone, when you engage someone 
what you need are hard arguments and soft words. Okay? Hard arguments and soft words. Sadly, what we have now, especially on social media, are hard words and soft arguments. So being wise in our conversation and being firm in our correction is the context on how we will view itong passage na ito. Yung first statement dyan, flee from youthful passions, flee from youthful lust. Keep that in mind. So the context is being wise in our conversation and being firm in our correction because, you know, a lot of people will read this text and immediately think, Pastor, that's not mine. I'm not young. I'm not... Uh, Hindi ako engaging in youthful passions. And youthful passions will refer to sexual pleasures or immoral acts that's associated with younger people. You know, that may be true, and this is a, a challenge to our young people here. You know, Timothy may be struggling with sexual lusts and pleasures and immoral acts. And the Bible is very clear that we will flee from those. But I think there is more to this. I think youthful passions also involves immaturity in engaging people negatively. Youthful passions involve the urge to prove yourself correct. Youthful passions may mean you know, the ambition and the desire to, for attention. That's why you know, people invent a certain image supposedly based on the gospel. You know, Paul's encouragement, steer away from that. Steer away from that. And what will help us flee from those desires is to be planted in a community. Flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, and peace. Panodaw, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. It simply means when you pursue the way of God, do it with others. As you flee and pursue what is helpful for your soul, you don't have to do it alone. So basically, ang sinasabi ni Paul, run away from these things, run towards faith, love, and righteousness, but run with others. Run with people. Run with others who desire the same thing. And that will help you fight against fake news. You don't have to do it alone. In fact, if you are struggling with it alone, maybe you are incorrect. So these are good, godly disciplines that we can exercise. I encourage you to exercise them. You know, be wise in our conversation. Correct someone you know that they, are, that they need to be corrected. And also plant yourself in a community. Run with people who desire the same thing. It will help us from the dangers of falsehood from outside and even from within. Pero pastor, what if I'm still trying to develop these things? What if I am still you know, a rookie in being wise in, our, in my conversation? What if I'm not yet certain when I correct someone? What if, what if I still doubt 
you know, to be planted in a community. Ano yung pwede kong gawin? What will be my assurance, you know, that will help me fight against falsehood? You know, thankfully, it is not only up to our godly disciplines alone. We have assurances from God Himself. Because this is what we see in the scripture in verse 19 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are His and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. You know, three things that we can take away from this simple statement. One, that the Lord is not shaken by false teaching. Yes, you will see false teaching all around, but the Lord is not shaken by that. Number two, the Lord knows those who are His. The Lord knows those who are His. And number three, the Lord calls those who are, right, who are His into righteous living. It's, you know, 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, that we are called to a holy calling. And if you have these assurances on your hands, you can be certain that false teaching around you will not shake you because it's, it's not dependent on your hands. That's why people who say that I have a choice, I have a free will to, to, to pick God or not, will be on shaky ground. Kasi pag sinabi natin na ang kaligtasan natin nakasalalay sa kamay natin, sigurado pwede nating mawala yun. Kapag ang kaligtasan natin nasa kamay natin, I guarantee you, you will lose it. But if it's in the hands of a sure God, and it's not up to you, then your salvation is secure. You will not fall away. And there's a fourth thing uh, through God Himself, assurance uh, through God Himself. Verse 25 says, Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth and they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they have been held captive by Him to do whatever he wants. Simply put, it is the Lord's will. It is the Lord that changes the hearts of people. Not your persuasion. Not our, not our dialogue. It is the Lord who changes the hearts of people. It means it's not up to us. So when people talk about you know, things that they believe in that we are not certain is true, you know, we can find assurance not only in our godly disciplines, but we can find assurance in the Lord that if that person is really God's, He can change His heart. So yes, there are dangers of falsehood going around, you know, it could be from people opposing the truth. It could be from people believing half-truths. Or it, be, you know, it could be coming from within when we live in subjective truth. 
And the effects of these false teachings could be, as Paul says, catastrophic. Catastrophic. But we have assurances you know, from the scripture that can help us fight against falsehood. Now we can continue to grow in our godly discipline. We can be wise in our conversation. We can be firm in our correction. And we can be planted in our community. But it's not dependent on us. We can trust in the Lord who is not shaken by all these falsehood. We can trust that He knows us through and through. We can trust that He is the one that changes people's hearts, not our conversation, not even our argument. So, two major concerns when we talk about fake news or false teaching uh, in the church or outside the church. You know, Pastor, I will not be able to find out what is true and what is false. Paano ko ma-differentiate yung yung naririnig kong turo ay totoo o hindi? And Pastor, if I am not able to discover if the teaching is true or not, I may be swayed by this false teaching. And it might lead me away from my faith. Pastor, I might fall away when I am bombarded with this false teaching. What can I do? You know, those who, who are experts in identifying fake money, those who are experts in identifying fake diamond, they spend most of their careers, most of their professional learning, immersing themselves to what is real. They are immersing themselves to the characteristics of real money, real diamond. They know the smell, they know the weight, they know the texture, they know the feel when you hold money, when you, when you hold diamond, they know its reflection, they know its sound, they know even its taste. They will spend their lives understanding and, and familiarizing themselves with what is true. Hindi sila, hindi sila maghanap, ah, ito, ganito ang characteristics ng fake, ito fake, ito fake. Ang describe lang nila yung totoo. And they will spend their careers in familiarizing themselves with what is true. Para kapag humawak sila ng fake money, alam nila. Pag humawak, nakakita sila ng diamond na fake, masasabi nilang hindi totoo. You know, if you want to win, if you want to persevere in our fight against falsehood, don't go out looking for every false teaching. Instead, my, my encouragement for you, brothers and sisters, is to immerse yourself with the source of truth. Immerse yourself with the giver of truth. Immerse yourself with the authentic. Immerse yourself to the truth personified, and that is Jesus. John chapter 1, 14 says, The Word became flesh, and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory. We beheld His glory. That's what, that's what immersing is, is doing. 
glory as of the only Son from the Father. What's this description? Full of grace and, and truth. And this is what Jesus says in John 8.31. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you really want to discover what is true, immerse yourself with the source of truth. Acquaint yourself with what is authentic. So my question for, for us, you know, friends, do, do we intimately know the source of truth? And if you know him, do you constantly immerse yourself in knowing him more and more? Because by knowing him more and more, you will, you will discover what is counterfeit. You know, the sheep knows the, vo the voice of the shepherd because he hears it every single time. He knows the voice of the shepherd and he will recognize someone who is not his shepherd. My challenge for us as we fight against fake news all around us and false teaching all around us is to immerse ourselves, fall in love, spend most of our time, most of our Christian walk knowing Jesus more and more. So I'd like to end with this quote from John Stott. He says, The truth is that there are many Jesuses on offer in the world's religious supermarkets, and many of them are false Christs, distorted Christs, caricatures of the authentic Jesus. If we want to develop truly Christian maturity, we need above all a fresh and true vision of the source of truth, and that is Jesus Christ. How are we immersing ourselves with the truth personified? That is our main key in our fight against falsehood. To him who is able to keep us from falling away and to make us stand in his holy presence, blameless and full of joy. Lord Jesus, when we are confused or doubting or uncertain, we can trust in your unfailing love. When we cannot depend on our previous experiences, when right in front of us sometimes are even darkness, we can trust in you. And so our prayer, Lord God, that as we are faced with real, dangerous teachings around us that may confuse us, derail us, keep us from staying the course, help us, Lord, immerse in your love. Help us, Lord, immerse in your person because your truth will reveal what is false in our hearts. Because as we seek you, Lord God, you will reveal yourself to us. Lord, we need correction. 
we need guidance and we cannot have this apart from the source of truth and so this afternoon we are declaring that you are the source of the truth the absolute truth lord forgive us when we try to live our lives based on our subjective truth when we say that the only truth is real when we experience it help us immerse ourselves with who you are and fall in love more and more and more with you so that it will naturally help us discern what is false outside and even from within lord we only depend on your unfailing love we depend on you because we find assurance in you that you know who we are and we know and you know who are yours and we are acknowledging lord god that you are our shepherd we are your sheep and we want to hear your voice help these sheep of yours that even that even though we walk astray even though we get lost many times lead us back with your voice we thank you father for sending your son jesus christ to be our great shepherd who died for us and because of that we have our guide that will not lead us to fall away but will lead us to the truth and will lead us to you this is our prayer in jesus name amen